Merry Premier League Eve, everyone. This is 141 Studio in the Coffee House. And we're back. We are back after our long, long, long hiatus. It was it was a long summer full mm-hmm. of twists and turns, and Papa Tanali is in the north of England. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's, I, he's playing with the seahorses now. I heard that on my birthday. It was Merry Merry Birthday to me. Merry birthday to Ryan. <laughs> Merry birthday to me. We have Papa Tanali. And I I um I get to cook a lot of rice this this uh this fall and winter and spring. Hopefully to a Premier League title. That would be great. Is it of the Declan variety? It's uh it's I'm he's gonna be decking it all out all year round. A nice roasted Declan rice with all his balls across the <laughs> Premier League pitches. That was that's okay, right? That sounded kind of uh, poetic in a way. Yeah, Dirtily and you got poetic. to say balls, and I said balls, and I was gonna say, <laughs> I, well, actually, we were talking about Mary Premier League Eve, and all yeah. I could think about is that I was Santa Balls, and uh, that was gonna be my name for the day. But now we've kind of already played that out yeah we get we gave that to declan rice yes we did you just you just handed that to him yeah he's declan rice rice baby rice rice baby oh oh boy rice rice speaking of stealing lines from queen oh yes yes speaking of stealing lines from queen that's so good um we are going to do a a fun um a fun, a fun sort of um, uh, opener, a curtain raiser, a um, a milieu of 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 things that involve our um, our, our what we call this a tapestry of some sort of of what will happen this year in the Premier League. Uh, we're we're decking the halls with bows of jolly with the Premier League. That one was forced. I, I forced that one. I mean, I, I'm, it's it's always forced here. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! Uh, well, um, moving on. Um, so as Paul alluded to, um, we are not going to do your typical outlook for the Premier League this year. We kind of decided that other people were going to do that probably better than we will. So we're just going to embrace the absolute carnage that is uh that is our studio and give you some of that today. Yes. Yeah. Uh which one do you want to start with? Yeah. I mean, I saw JJ Bull and John McKenzie do a Premier League preview and it was it yeah. I mean, they did it really really well. And <laughs> right. so like why even try to compete with that? I mean, shout out to them. They do great on the Athletic and they're really funny. They uh they did a little like thing at the end where they drew a someone drew a horse i think it was john mckenzie drew a horse whatever it was just really weird and i loved it <laughs> yeah anyway um uh so what do we start with the five things we're gonna like and dislike of this new premier league season yeah five things that we like and dislike i believe is, really is quickly yeah hard quick hitters mm. so five things we like and dislike about the premier league this year i can't read it, my first dislike: I can't read anything Paul writes. Oh, let's see. Let's let's look at it. I can I cannot <laughs> clearly explain it all because I have very good handwriting. Um, <laughs> oh, dislikes. We're gonna go into dislikes. Um, the actual time, like uh, so, a team such as um, um, Newcastle United, um, they had the ball in 
less than any other team in the Premier League last year. I think it was, so the average was 52 minutes or 53 minutes last year. And Newcastle was down close to 50. (laughs) And so they are going to put in actual time in the Premier League this year. So like at the end of each half, they're going to make sure they count out like when, how long it takes for a celebration uh, to take place or a substitute or any of those things. And they're going to add it on at the end of the game, much like that has happened in the last couple of world cups. And there is a dislike for that for me personally. And I think for you as well, for someone, for your team, because your team does a very specific thing. I actually don't think that it's Newcastle's fault so much as Newcastle is just... Taking full advantage of it. Right. And, well, what I mean is that it's other teams putting the ball out of play. Newcastle is just kind of forcing you to do it, right? And so I think it's kind of, hey, you can play through us if you want, and then and then you can't. And you're just starting to get pinned back. And I think that's why the ball in play is is lower. I think, well, I, I think their intention is to play really intensely. And then when the ball goes out of play, they take their sweet, sweet, sweet time. An, an extra 30 seconds an at all times. An extra 30 seconds yeah. there, an extra minute there. Oh, my ankle kind of hurts. Even yeah. though i just been running on it. And for some reason, it hurts a little bit. That kind of stuff. If you want to see something fun for yourself... Um, Look about, I want to say somewhere from the 25th to 35th minute, there'll be a collision with Fabian Schaar, and Fabian Schaar will go down with a head injury. Every game. Every game. So if anyone watched the Community Shield on Sunday, um, Arsenal-Manchester City played in kind of friendly, kind of serious. I would say it was more serious than friendly um, because Arsenal are trying to um, re- um, they're trying to beat Manchester City for the first time in about six years at this point. And <laughs> and there was a lot of things that kind of happened. In the first half, there was three minutes of extra time. The second half, 11. 12, actually. I think it was 12 because at first it started as eight because there were a lot of substitutions and, and the goal was scored and so a couple of yellow cards. And then in, extra, in, the, uh, in the added time, um, what was it? Uh, oh, Partey and Rodri collided or i think it was part no no parte and walker collided head to head and it took four or five minutes so they ended up going to 11 or 12 minutes and guess what arsenal scored in the 11th minute of added time ended up winning on penalties and they scored on a crazy deflected goal but this is going to be a regular occurrence with regards to how the game is played and there has been um conflicting answers to this even within after the game so there was so mikel arteta came out and said actually this is going to be great because it's going to force teams to be more honest and then Pep Guardiola is like where did these numbers come from this is ridiculous like why would why would they do this well of course that's what both of them are going to say what all I don't think this is bad for the game I think it's really good for the game right I I can see managers being frustrated I think if you're going to like so I have a feeling that if you're going to game the rules, if you're going to be the villain, a la kind of Newcastle was last year, or um, or like uh, Atletico Madrid, you know, historically does, like you have to understand that sometimes you're not going to get away with it, and I think that's part of the game. It's only fun if like you're doing it kind of contrary to to what everyone really wants. If the rules are getting stacked so it gets harder to do that, that's okay. That just means that you're walking a, a tighter margin to to play 
uh, like an asshole, you know? And I, I don't know if that's bad. I think that's honestly good for, for the game. In a way, yeah. I think I think the reason why I dislike it is that it puts more pressure on the players to keep with extra minutes. And I, I do think minutes add up over time. And I that's the reason why I dislike it because I don't... I understand what's happening, and I, I do. It, it is important that um, the time reflects more of an actual game that occurs. Um, but I, I dislike um, that it's just added to the player's uh, workload again. And I, I do think what's going to happen is that it's going to force uh, teams to not waste nearly as much time as they have in the past. And it's going to change the game in a way, I think, because I don't think teams are going to want to play another 12 to 13 minutes after the end of a second half. Yeah. I do think it will change, and I think it's going to take a little time, but I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to take, it's going to, this is not going to be this year it will change. It's going to be next year and the year after that. I think by the end, in a five year period, you'll see the times go from like 13 to six or five yeah. pretty quickly. So, um, all right. Next thing. VAR, go on. You're like, you have, it's, it's Paul, the same. It's the same a argument minute on VAR. That's it's, what you get. It, it, we don't need to talk about it too much. I just hate VAR and it's still a mess. And guess who, guess who the PGMOL rehired to help with the referees lee mason oh my god the lee mason and i this is not a i the whole damn show mason lee mason is probably a wonderful individual but he should no longer be um he's going to be training referees to be premier league referees no yeah no. Anyway, moving. I, I, I all I gotta say is I don't like VAR. I think it's a waste of time. I don't think they get the calls right that they need to get right, and it it's kind of useless. I'm okay with offsides as long as it's quick, and I'm okay with goal line. But I'm over all the other things that happen. I think the, the game. problem is is that this could be done within like thirty seconds, and it takes like play, five minutes, yeah. and it takes way too long. Just yeah. have the guy in the booth be like, "Hey, that was offsides." Done. Done. Just it's trust the, that guy. The game That's is about job. poetry, and you stop everything, and it becomes a mess. And just right. let it be more about poetry and less about business. Same. I mean, period. honestly, same with like, uh, like the goal line stuff. Like, hey, does it say it went over? Oh, it's pretty close. Take a look at it. Thirty seconds. If you can't tell, it's done by yeah. then. Just leave it with whatever it like the first call was. You're yeah. gonna get some wrong. That's fine. You're gonna get some wrong even if you look at it forever. The NFL does a great job with that. I think there are times where the NFL's like, I don't know. And they're like, Well, it's just gonna stand as how we have it. Like, let's right. move on. It's it's not like it's not gonna be perfect and they admit that it's not going to be perfect. And I think they need the the, the Premier League and, and the world of football should take a note from that. Next thing, penalties. I hate <laughs> the new penalty rules. I also hate the new like goaltenders are already or goalkeepers are already like kind of kind of fucked when it comes to um to penalties. Yeah, and we just made it we just made it worse. So here's the thing, Emmy Martinez, um, won a penalty shootout with his um very distinct um <laughs> tactics with regards to penalties, which I love. And then he humped the statue. And he humped, well, I think, I wonder if that was part of it too, to be honest with you. That could be. He humping a statue next to a Qatari um, businessman. I think that that could have uh, swayed things a little bit yeah, more. Maybe. Especially since FIFA really loves um, human rights. Yes. Oh, wait, no, that's not. That's huge not. fans. Oh, the opposite. The opposite. They, the they, opposite they, don't, they, they, they really love money. That's right. Because the reason why EAFC is occurring and not FIFA 24 is is because FIFA wanted three hundred million dollars a year, 
just for their name to be on so the box of um um just of, of EA Sports. Real quick on that, yeah. um FIFA, the video game, was far and away the most the, popular the most well profitable um like venture that the governing body of soccer actually had. So it, it accounted for like twenty five percent of their total revenue was what EA Sports gave them. And they played hardball, and EA Sports was like, no, thank you. We actually probably don't need your name. And, uh, and it, it, I mean, it's going ahead full schedule, and I think they, like, have kept most of the teams on. Oh, they yeah. Just, the leagues are fine with it. The, yeah. the individual leagues are, like, cool. And honestly, what was it? Um, there's a Konami version. I think it's um, Pro Evolution. Pro Evolution. Yeah. I mean, that's the other one that has, like, some leagues and some teams and stuff that they've signed on. Um, but I mean, I just like fuck FIFA, man. Um, Always. <laughs> um, so yeah, so penalties. So the new rules for penalties are: a keeper can't move side to side. A keeper can't move. Uh, can't uh hit the post. A keeper can't um go up to the uh, a ball and squeeze it and grab it. He can't like do anything to delay the the timing of a penalty. He can't do anything. He has to stand on the line. And wait for it to happen. He also can't make any distracting movements or uh, sounds. Now, in the Community Shield, Aaron Ramsdale played that line quite, quite closely. Because guess he was clapping the entire time, trying to clap as loud as possible with his gloves to try to to try to cause something to change. And it did work because uh, Manchester City missed two penalties, and they ended up. I don't think they didn't even get to the fourth penalty because Arsenal hit all four, and they only scored one. I so. just wonder why. You can do stutter steps. You can do yeah. Like, oh no, the rules are all in favor of a, a penalty take. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand why. Like I, you know what? I think you should only get two steps. Two steps. You have to run directly at it, and you have to put it wherever from there. Make it fair. No fun for anyone. I know it's ridiculous. And here's the thing, right? It's like so. The percentages of penalty taking before the new changes was seventy eight percent. So four out of five times, just about, you finish a penalty. Right. So why did we need to change the rules? Because oh, oh, like players were really upset that a goalkeeper like, uh, like moved around a little bit and like shook his body and shook his moves everywhere and was like, oh my god, like that's so off-putting. I can't deal with it. No, it's part of the game. I think that's one of those right. things. It's part of the game. It's one of the. I would say it's the highest tension moment in all. Of, one of the highest tension moments in all of sports is a yeah. penalty shootout. There's nothing deal like it. it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's one of those moments that players have to deal with. It's systematically designed to increasingly break the players who are stepping up to take that kick. Yeah. That's the point of a penalty until someone fucks it up, right? And like that's what you're doing there. And I think that. A like I don't know a large portion of goal goalkeeping ends up being the reputation and the like fear you strike in shooters because you steal one from them and you've stolen one. Oh, you're definitely. usually definitely. you're usually like like screwed and in all aspects as a goalkeeper. There are very few goals scored that are actually a goalkeeper's fault. Oh really. yeah, oh yeah. So it's like. If you're if you're Manuel Neuer and they know that like you're very hard to beat, that tension is in the back of their head when they go to shoot. Right. And that's the same with penalties. And I think that you're taking that away and it's like 
I don't know, man. That's I, I kind of hate, hate it. that. Yeah, I, hate I don't that. like it. And the other thing is too, right? So I have a thought here. Give me a second. Uh, I just got to formulate. So uh, with keepers, right? The the keepers already like they have they have very they have some protection, but they have a ton of protection, right? Mm-hmm. In this one moment, right? Like players who come up and take penalties can do whatever they want. They the only thing that players can't do is uh, go backwards. Essentially, they can't they can't like take steps back and then come forward and take steps back. They can yeah. stutter. They can almost stop. They can jump to the ball. They can do all these things. Now, in the in the in the in the game of fairness, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. Three steps. You can be on either side. Like you can be uh, offside of the ball, but you can only take three steps to take your penalty. Imagine that, right? So players now have to think about that. And I think goalkeepers don't have any advantage in this. And the only thing that they can do now is if someone misses, right? They have to celebrate. That's yeah. like the only thing they can do. So if a player misses a penalty, and it has to be big. Yeah, so like a player misses a penalty, like dancing directly in front of the person who missed, like ha ha ha, you suck, absolutely, you suck, absolutely, mm, it's on you, baby. And this is the other thing too: you get a yellow card if you um, like this is the other thing that really sucks too. So like you get a yellow card for any of those offenses. So like let's say that you moved a little too much, get a yellow card. If you're mm-hmm. both your feet are off the line, yellow card. If uh, if you hit the post, yellow card. And it's like. Come on, give them one and then give them a yellow because that's kind of ridiculous. Yep. You know what? No steps. I think that kickers, the the penalty takers, get no steps. You just have to stand on it. You have to use whichever foot, and you have to try and just put it, put it wherever you can. No fun for anyone. No fun for anyone. Uh, sorry, Emmy. Sorry, Aaron Ramsdale. Sorry, all the great keepers who were able to do things to kind of create Cruel. dynamics. It's game theory. Goal, the penalties yeah. are about game theory. It's zero-sum game theory. It's yeah. about two guys, and all you got to do is figure out how you can put someone off just for a moment. Yep. That's really what it is about. You're just rattling someone for the briefest of moments. Penalties are all psychological. It's not, it's, yeah. not, it's not a physical. I mean, there is a physical moment, but it's a completely psychological and mental. Right. If you put it top corner, guess what? No keeper in the world has ever been able to get to that. That's how so Arsenal won. Yep. Fabio Vieira put it in the scansion, like yep. hit the scansion, and it was over. So, so uh, I'm real Money. quickly. Fifteen seconds. European Super League is the Premier League. Hate that for us. Now we're going to move to. Yes. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> that's it. it. The amount of money. I wish we had some stats on it, but just very quickly, the amount of money in the winter window was. The Premier League spent more money than all of the other European leagues combined, and it's only happening again this summer. And was so it, it's a, just a sign. Was that. it Fulham? It was one of the lower uh, lower table sides went and bought like um, I want to say it was Inter Milan's like second best player. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like they had so much money that they could just go and and get whoever they wanted. You know, in the winter window when Bournemouth and Southampton and I can't remember who the other team was, but they, uh, Leeds did it too. They all bought players that were like 30 plus million, 40 plus million pounds yeah. or 40 plus million dollars. And you're thinking, how is this possible? These guys are all going to be relegated, right? Most of yeah. these teams could be relegated. And they're buying players from really top teams in other leagues. And it's just a sign that the Premier League is just so far and ahead of everyone else in the money-making game. And it's going to take a decade for some of these teams to catch up to the Premier League. Because they will catch up. It's going to take time. But it's going to be 
the Premier League is a European Super League, and then everything else after that. And it's kind of, I don't like it. It's not fun. I think it's kind of silly. Our fifth dislike, um, very simply, Manchester Red. Hate them. Never going to like them. They don't even get their last name. They're, they're the Red. Very particularly, the story of David De Gea really bothers me. Uh, the keeper's going to talk about keeper stuff. You know what? You heard what I said. Two minutes, very quickly. So David De Gea, uh, he was in the last year of his contract this past year. Um, there was talks of re-signing him. They 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 were agreeing. They agreed in principle, verbally, to a contract to keep him there for the future. Um, what happened was is I think it was like two or three days before the contract was going to be signed, Manchester United decided that they weren't going to sign him anymore. They pulled, they pulled back. And and it left David De Gea in a lurch. And now he's still technically a, a free agent. Not not with a team. No Club De Gea. No Club De Gea right now. And I really dislike the talk about De Gea because, yes, he may not be the best... Um, he may not be the best distributor of the ball... But in certain systems, he can be great. He right. has proven to be a great goalkeeper. And he is diminished. He is not bad. They are different things. He's right? not what he was four years ago, four or five years ago, where he essentially won a Europa League and and had put them into second place with his, some of his performances. Now, I completely understand what Manchester United did. They bought in uh, Onana from Inter Milan, who is a ve- like what like a true modern keeper can distribute, can make all the saves, can do all the things. I totally understand that, but it was the way in which Manchester United did it, and the way that Manchester United goes about a lot of things that really bother me, and it just shows how little uh, clubs can care about the welfare of their players and. And Manchester United has been in a problem like this for a long time. And I just want to call it out and be be very clear that this is fucked up. And I'm sorry, David De Gea. And fuck you, Manchester Red. Completely. Fuck you. Hate the Glaziers. Hate Eric hate, Ten Hag. Hate Fernandez. Hate Ten Hag. I was going to call him Van Gaal, but like whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. But yeah. That's, it's a phenomenal bit of banter. And yeah, you know a little it. bantery sort of thing. And I can't believe we're talking that kind of garbage here but we're just nah. gonna go for it because it's like yeah. you know ten hog and uh, like ten hog has had his players did. playing really hard and yeah. he wanted to blame everyone else for what was going on it was like hell no like the reason why people are getting into it with you in the preseason is because your teams are going crazy at people and going in crazy right. tackles this happened in the arsenal barcelona game too where javi came at Mikel arteta and I was like, Javi, you realize your players like like injured one of our players completely and is now out for like six bonus, weeks. Bonus sixth hate. Hate Barcelona. Hate everything about them. Hate how they hate. You how still they... love Barcelona. They've gone off the f- gone off the rails. This is another money thing. Like to me, like yep. they are way out of whack. And like you can, it feels sort of like this. They're on the precipice of something really bad happening, or like they're going to stabilize and be so okay. Barcelona and Real Madrid. You are used to being the royalty of European football, and they're seeing teams like PSG or Manchester City or I mean Newcastle at this point kind of come in and start taking that, right. and they're just losing their minds. They have no idea how to operate as not the biggest fish. And, like, they're desperately trying to hold on to it, which I understand. But, like, 
you need it to be a little bit like have a little bit more class about it because right. you're just you're sort of mortgaging what you are in goodwill internationally for like just letting like because other teams are winning and like you're still Barcelona, you're still Real Madrid. Yes, it's, I completely agree. Yeah, you know, like just because Newcastle has a lot of money now doesn't mean that we get to wear the blue and red stripes. Well, here's the other thing too about those things oh, is ours were nicer. Yes, they are nicer. I, the, here's the other thing about that because that really bothers me is that Real Madrid and Barcelona get the most money from the league in Spain. Yep, they get the most money from the Champions League. They get general like they generally make have the most they mm-hmm. t- take in the most uh money with regards to the country that they're in and right. like this is not like the Premier League Premier League everyone gets the same amount of money now if if they decided to relinquish some of that control and make sure that there's a deal so everyone is involved in La Liga in time they will make more money over the course of the long term but because of their selfishness. Their their greediness, they are going to continue to be in this battle and ultimately may, ultimately may lose in the long term, yeah. In keeping up with some of this Premier League stuff, um, I believe even like uh, Baron Munchen um gave up like like they have a pretty friendly media deal and they with the with the rest of well no they just um. I think they made it so that everyone else in the Bundesliga makes the same amount as they do off of the off of the TV because they're like, we need you guys to be decent, otherwise nobody's gonna watch, right? Oh, quickly, I want to go over this. Um, uh, kind of breaking news thing. Um, Harry Kane. Harry Kane, Harry Kane is oh not he, uh, Bayern Munich has agreed with Tottenham for a fee over Harry Kane. Now Harry Kane, Kane has to decide whether or not he wants to stay at Tottenham or not. I... It's a hundred. It's a hundred plus million euros. So I don't know what the answer is there. But anyway, um, let's move to our likes. Let's move to our likes. Title race time. Um, there's going to be a title race this year, and that's really exciting. And it feels like it's going to be more than two teams, at least for a good period of time. It could end up just being two teams in the end. It feels that Manchester City and Arsenal are slightly above everyone else, but the gap is closed. I think Manchester City's um, minuses and pluses have brought them back down just enough to kind of close the gap between Arsenal, who have indefinitely plussed over the course of the summer. Well, so I think it's even more than that. I think one through about eight is going to be really tough in the Premier League this year. I think you're going to see, like, you know, Tottenham's probably going to be what? Seventh, eighth? They could be seventh or eighth, and they could be really good. Yeah, you're going to see, like, I mean, Manchester Manchester Reds going to be somewhere in there. Liverpool's probably back in the title race. You don't believe it as much as I do, but I think they're probably three. This is the reason why I don't believe it right now is that they. I don't believe that their midfielder is going to hold up enough to 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 for a whole thirty eight games. But right. I do think That's they're fair. going to be difficult. Yeah. And the thing, okay, so Tottenham too. Tottenham's going to be could be really bad at the beginning of the season. So like but the first eight to together. ten. Ga- games it could be really it could be really rough for them and then they're going to figure it out and then they're going to be really good for the last 28 and you don't want to run into a buzzsaw like that yeah and like i mean it also depends on harry kane too because that changes yeah. things a lot so I'm, I'm hearing increasingly it's more likely he's going to stay which is of just course of course hilarious i mean you know excuse me but it's um 
He's just it's, it's he's a garbage. one club man. I I I I respect that greatly. Stupid. Do your club a favor. Give him a hundred million while you leave. They need to change. You need to change. It's not working. It's never going to work. Congratulations on sixth again, baby. No, um, no. Yo, congratulations on Austin Vila finishing above you because Vila and that's another team. Yeah, Burnley tough. Yeah. You know, like it's there's I mean, Fulham's going to be a not an easy day like it's there's you think they're they're worse this year. I actually kind of agree. I think they're going to fight for what Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to fight for for uh, to stay up this year. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, how Leeds were a couple of years ago when they like finish eight or ninth and they were like, like lighting the Premier League on fire. Then the next year they like saved themselves on the last day. That's kind of how I feel about Fulham this year. Fair enough. There's always one of those teams that first gets promoted that yeah. really struggles the second year, and they do really well in the first. Sheffield United did it. Sheffield, when yeah. they were here, they they were really great the first year and did a crazy thing. But you could see that there well, weren't goals in the Fulham's team. Fulham's been up for a few years now, haven't they? No, first no. this is they've been yo-yoing a lot over the course oh yeah of the last no 10 I years. for for a long time. Last yeah. year was their first year back. Oh, okay, so um, but anyway, so they. The title, there's going to be a title race, and yeah. there's going to be a great title race, and I think I think you're going to see a lot of um, crazy games happen. I think you're going to see a lot of highly competitive. I don't think there will be an easy game on the schedule for anyone. Maybe depending on how Luton Town and Sheffield United show up right. into the Premier League, and they could be really, really bad. But they could also just Luton Town could be on an adrenaline high and go through 38 yeah. games and somehow survive. You know, yeah. I think it's hope. it's it's going to be one of those things where you like. You're going to see a poor run of form all of a sudden makes you meet for everyone else. I think it's going to be very tight. I Get used to the word parity. I think this year is going to be a little bit about parity where it's going to be very tight at the top, very tight at the bottom. There will be no middle ground there. No. It, and it's not going to be by much because I think a lot of these teams are going to take points off of each other. Yep. I don't think you're going to see runaway clubs. And this is going to lead into our second thing, which is the relegation battle. That's another thing that we were really going to like because it's going to be eight or nine teams in this relegation yep. battle, I think. I think you're going to see a couple that you're going to see are very clearly going to be. I think now, after Julian Lopetegui has been had left the club for Wolves, <laughs> it feels very much like Wolves are going down. Yeah, they're they're. That's it's not looking mess. good. Yeah, that that's a mess, and I feels that there that is going to be a thing. And you have Luton Town, you have Sheffield United, you have Burnley. It feels like Burnley, even though they're going to have to play a slightly different style than they did last year, where they dominated the 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 championship with their you know very similar Manchester City style. It feels they're going to be organized enough and coherent enough that they're going to have enough to stay up. Yeah. Um, and it feels it just depends on what how Luton and Sheffield uh, United um, react to being in the Premier League. So historically, the numbers say that you have to play some attacking football. Yes. Um, but you have to be able to do that without getting um, absolutely battered because if you just try to come up and play like like defend with your lives, you it, it never works. You need to score. I think if you're going to stay up in the Premier League, you have to score 45 goals. Yeah. You have to score 45 to 50 goals, and I think you'll stay up. Um, so next, the next like yes. I would say is going to be... So for me personally, that first Tuesday night, Champions League football mm. that someone goes to the cathedral that is St. James Park is going to be a legitimately special moment. I think it will be one where like you will see 
the commentators and the players involved with it just kind of like looking around like, oh, wow, this is this is going to be a little magic. Does, right? does Newcastle have a song that they sing before the game? Uh, so they play um, they play a tune. The lead singer of Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler, uh-huh. plays a um, made a song for a movie. It's called uh, Going Home, ba- the Ballad of the Local Hero. It's the saxophone you've heard played before Newcastle games. That's sort of like the club anthem. One on one, one on one. No, no that's not it's it. not that's Baker, Baker Street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Ba- Baker Street is a, is, a, is a banger of a song. I, I, you know, you could do worse than that. But, uh, I made myself laugh. And yeah, I mean, they, they have a million <laughs> songs that they sing. They sing uh, Blythdown Racers. They mm-hmm. sing like, you know... Like a, a bunch of different, uh, bunch of different songs for the for the um, the supporters, but yeah, it's just you're gonna see, kind of, it's gonna be noisy. They can lose four to nothing, and they'll never stop singing. It'll be a legitimate like they're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, yeah. a legitimately cool moment. Yeah. Um, leading into that, you, I'm very excited for Champions League nights to be back at at, at the Emirates. Uh, for me personally, because when I was a kid. When I was uh, when I was a wee little boy and a teenager and a young adult, um, there is a period um, where Arsenal were always in the Champions League. There was, I think, it was Arsene Wenger had them in the Champions League like nineteen or twenty straight years. That is a crazy feat, in my opinion, with regards to the Premier League and how the Premier League worked. The fact that they were always in the Champions League and and they always made it out of the group stages, so they made it to the Champions League. They always were make. I mean, they went through a period where it was. The round of sixteen, and they are out every year. But that's what PSG does. That's pretty good, you know. PSG <laughs> right. thinks that's fine. That's that's not well. No, PSG very much doesn't think that's fine. But I mean, I think... they seem to accept it pretty well. <laughs> well they're trying to run Neymar. Out of I the club see. Right yeah, now. I know. And Mbappe. And Mbappe. And Messi. Um, well, Messi's I... Messi's lighting it up here. Yeah, well, yeah, we we had briefly uh, bantered about just being a Messi podcast, which was <laughs> yeah, a de facto right. MLS podcast. Um, my favorite was I I work in a bar right now and I'm trying to explain like how important Messi is and then in his first game he comes on and scores a game winning kick yeah. like at the death and yeah. I was like yeah well that's that's just Messi that's he'll he'll just do that he is on fire and he the thing that I never like really I, is realized, he or is this just how he's gonna be well, here he's gonna be like that I think <laughs> the reason why it's something to see that's so special is not necessarily like is not necessarily that he's. Um, a great player. It's the uh, how he makes everyone around him better, which right. is like he, he does. He's done this to every single team that he's been on, with the mm-hmm. exception, I would say, for PSG. And I don't think that's a reflection on him. No, I think it's a reflection on the people around him. Yeah. You know, um, because he's come to Miami and guys who are all right to kind of good now look amazing. Like yeah. they look like world world beaters, and you're like, "How is this happening?" There's this like, yeah. Well, and he seems when he came in, he was like, "I don't just want you to pass me the ball." This was a big thing that that was going around when he came in before his first match, where he's yeah. like, "I don't, I don't want you to um, pass me the ball because I'm Messi." He's like, "You just play good football, and don't worry." the ball will find me, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I'm oh, going to knows, be where he, I should be. Yeah, he always yeah. knows where he needs to be, and I love it. And so anyway, so... Uh, well, that, that's a bonus... A bonus Messi segment. A bonus segment. thing we like, yeah. Yeah, that we like that Messi's here in the United States, and I think it's going to improve the game in the United States because he's going to show players 
how to like understand the game in a way that they haven't really right. thought of in the past. Because he, and I so, mean, he basically doesn't run anymore, and it's it's he's still the best player on earth, and he basically doesn't run. anymore. He could play to forty five. That's how. That's how. And, and I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he could play to forty five. Probably because go of play the way, in Argentina. Yeah, he'll go. He'll play yeah, in Argentina. Forty five. Yeah, right. He'll play for his uh, his uh, for Newell's old boys. I think. Yeah, his team, yeah, I believe which he's, is, um, yeah. Marcelo Bielsa's uh, also team. Anyway, um, so <laughs> or is it San Lorenzo? It's one of those teams. Anyways, so last thing here, we need to go into one little thing and a thing that we're going to to talk about regularly. I feel I'm making Paul write an article about, and, and I'm going to make him do a whole like hour long podcast on his own about it because I really love me um, this Luton Town story. I think it's really beautiful, and I think. I think it's going to be great for the Premier League to show um, this tiny little stadium and this little... Uh, they're not even really a little club. They've been up in in the top division in the past, in the 80s. They were up for a whole decade. They won a League Cup back in the 80s as well over Arsenal. Um, they have a great history, and they have... They are just this little club that somehow, like, they've yo-yoed up and down over the last 25 years, like, all the way down into the conference league and back up here to the Premier League. And there's something really amazing about, like, how clubs can drop and rise and how a team like this, who doesn't, who lives in this really small stadium and is really punching well above its weight, um, is going to be a factor this year in the Premier League. And I'm not sure if they're going to stay up. I'm not sure what the future holds for them. It it would be a, a huge accomplishment if they did, is what I'll say. I'm not sure they're quite the quality to stay in the Premier League, which doesn't always matter. Just play well. Yeah, yeah sometimes you punch above your weight, and all you need to do, I mean, much like Nottingham Forest last year, is find a way to get to 37 points and you, or 40 points, and you, and you do it. And yeah. there are a lot of times during the season last year that Nottingham Forest was not good enough. Yeah, and I mean, Nottingham Forest's story basically comes down to like the final couple of weeks where you watched everyone at the club just sort of buy in and have their finest moment. Ball all out, everything, everything's given on the field. And like, and for them, I and I just, I remember I talked about it last year and I'm just remembering now and it's making me like emotional. It's why we fucking love sports is, um, like, uh, like, uh, Serge Aurier, who has had a very up and down career. Um, has a phenomenal tackle. It's like a slide tackle in right outside his box that he kicks the ball off of the attacking wing and it goes out of bounds for a goal kick. And the Nottingham Forest fans serenade him for like a minute and a half for of what course. is just like a like a pretty good defensive play, but like nothing super terribly special, but it was their season on the line. Right. And it's like that you're a hero, right? And that's just that was what happened for Nottingham Forest last year. They just everyone was like, Wow, we gotta be heroes here and they did. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And so for Luton Town, I I am hoping and I am I am I'm putting my energy into them staying up because I love the idea of them staying up and like proving everyone wrong. Because they did it once in the past and it feels like they can do it again. And we need more of these things in the Premier League because money has taken over, and we need more stories like this to to um, for for 
our for posterity and for for ourselves to feel good about following soccer. On the more basis. we get clubs rotating down at the bottom and getting Premier League money, the better English football will be overall. Yeah, because you can put in infrastructure, and honestly, I mean, just don't invest in the squad so much. Invest in your infrastructure and invest in your your academy. You're just you'll be better for it. Long term, you'll be better for it. Now, is it time to go to the club? So, but, oh, is it? It's time for some fifty cent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, careful with that one into club. Um, <laughs> that's probably as far as we can go with that. Huh? Yeah, I think I. Yes, yeah, probably. Bump, so, bump. <laughs> that's it. That's all you get. Yeah, you get you get two two bumps. Bump, bump. Uh, same one. We said we were going to try and do a tight 30-minute podcast. We're 30 to 40 minutes in now, and we're about to go to the club. Speaking of the club, speaking of the club. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna. We're gonna put that in part two of this uh, double of Premier League. Action. Oh, we're gonna. We're gonna do the other two. We're gonna do the other two in its okay. own thing, and I think we'll 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 talk about this and we'll get this out right now, and then we'll do our second part, which is going to the club, having a little fun. I feel like some that's champagne bottles, and then it's gonna be then, more fun. And then and then after our our uh, debauchery, we'll we'll decide if we go to heaven or hell. Yeah, we're going to have some cake. And we're going to have some cake. Some gato, <laughs> some torta, okay? So thank you so much for listening to this this wonderful podcast. Um, I am Paul. I'm here with my great friend Ryan. And um, we'll, hear you, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, coming at you. All hail the trash fire. All hail the trash fire. <laughs>